you had to choose between what you like better, performing music or performing stand-up, do you have a preference? It's funny that you froze in a very serious look. Uh, <laughs> uh, damn, I don't know, man. Uh, I guess, I guess, uh, I don't, I don't know. They're, 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 they're so fucking different to me because I, I'm going to, I'll, I'll, I'll say I like, I probably like stand up more just because if something goes terribly fucking wrong, then I can just blame myself for it as opposed to if something <laughs> like goes guitar player. Yeah. If something goes fucking haywire during a show, uh, it's like, you know, in, unless it's my fault, which probably, probably like 60% of the time it was my fault, but you know, like, <laughs> me like, too. or if it's like the drummer being like, you know, because he, the drummer drank like, you know, two fucking four locos and then, uh, you know, did a shot of 10 high whiskey between every song and fucked up the ending, you know, Mm-hmm. it's just like a bad I, I think it's just like a, a, a way shittier feeling to be pissed off at at the your band member than just being upset at yourself so that i think i think just on the just on the uh the risk of all all hell breaking loose then i i think i think it i think it's it's better when you bomb and you can just like absorb that shitty feeling for a while and then immediately mm-hmm. get over it Whereas if like you fuck up a show and there's like a concert, <clears throat> there's just that for some reason that's like a way worse feeling for me. <laughs> All right. Do you think Gallagher smashed more chicks or watermelons? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely more watermelons. Weird. I don't know. I don't I don't think so, dude. <laughs> no, I think. He definitely smashed like 20 watermelons a show. There's no way that he was topping that with chicks. Just destroying one them. Time, one time on the road, we, we played a show in an Allentown, Pennsylvania, and Gallagher was at a uh, venue like right next door. And he was like on a like some matinee show, like probably like five, five o'clock, six o'clock. And we go into this bar and it's Gallagher signing autographs while this like a karaoke DJ is right next to him, like <laughs> setting up. And, and uh, he uh, took a picture. <laughs> he took a picture with uh, some of some of the dudes in the bands. And he said something like, this guy's got the loudest scream in the, in the room and I've got the biggest hammer in the room. It was just like some fucking cheese ball Gallagher thing that he would say. And I was just like, oh my God, dude, there's fucking Gallagher. And then there's like a dude singing Little Red Corvette, like five feet away from him. And Gallagher's just waiting for somebody to come up and like sign autographs. It was fucking so awesome. It was just actually the best thing that's happened in Allentown. No, it's like if you heard the next day that he killed himself, you're like, that makes sense. That adds up. Like, you have to take him out for drinks afterwards to make sure that he doesn't kill himself. Like, we got to send him home happy. This could really destroy a human. Which is, the bad part about the Gallagher bashing is, uh, I'm trying not to do a a Gallagher bashing joke really hard, is uh, I actually think he had some really good material. 
Did you see that special where he comes out with the roller skates? Of course. That, that was great. Special. Dude, that was that great. Is amazing. Anybody if who shoots on I'll tell you guys, it's the H it's Gallagher's first HBO special. It's only a half hour long. It's before he smashed watermelons. It was before he even decided <clears> to do that. And so it's just a half hour of great material. And then the next album is when he decided he was going to start smashing watermelons. And therefore, he did it every special since. But like those first three were before that first half hour in his specials when he's just doing great material. It's great. It was the kind 80s of, before he got bitter. It was kind of like socially in touch. He wasn't completely... Was Gallagher the first woke guy? Maybe. But uh, he was. Uh, it was definitely like... He was he was talking about real shit from from what I remember happening in the yeah. 80s. You know, everyone was in kind mm-hmm. of a fucking slump. And I yeah, don't that's know. how people wanted Gallagher for president. I don't know if you remember the Gallagher for president time period. For his, his, his far, <laughs> I don't. When the fuck was that? Couldn't have he been was, too He started too long. seeing signs about Gallagher for president, Gallagher for president. And so then he did that special. American Needs a Hero, where he fucking shows up and talks about the president. And he talked about politics at the time and shit. So it was a lot of stuff about, like, Reagan. But it was actually really good. And it aired on Comedy Central repeatedly throughout my childhood. Yeah, man. that that specials th- Those specials were pretty good. I, I was trying to remember what the first one that really, like, threw me for a total loop was. Um, as far as Gallagher or comedy specials? <clears throat> Well, there's one, I swear there's one where Gallagher goes into like a giant pink bubble, like a balloon. Um, I think that's, I think that's very true. I actually bought a Gallagher box set of all of his specials, like probably around 2003, 2004, when DVDs were a thing. Does it hold up? The first half do. <laughs> you really, it actually, you got to watch a man lose his mind slowly. It's every year you get to check in and watch him get crazier and crazier. But they're all on DVD, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're all so, on DVD. I guess for half of that shit, it's mostly visual, right? Uh, Yeah, the last 20 minutes of all of them are just that shtick he does. We know it. And he tries to make it interesting. He tries to find ways around it, but. Honestly, if he only did it once, it would have been like this iconic moment, the time Gallagher did it, and it would have been huge. But because he made it his whole shtick, it's like, oh, there's that weird carnival act that throws food. What's the, um, god damn it. Who, like, nobody else did that before him, right? Smash watermelons? No, that's pretty exclusively him. Man. I just I Which don't, probably no one's going to do it since because they get sued for it all the time. The liability on smashing watermelons is huge. Is is uh, <laughs> is um is he is he is any any of his uh his does, is that twin brother thing still happening? No, because of the lawsuit there too. They don't even talk anymore. So they sued each other. Well, yeah, yeah. There was a whole thing because. Gallagher allowed Gallagher too to do the act, but it was like you can only do my retired material. But then Gallagher too got sued because the, the tip of his hand came off, like the head of the hammer came off and hit somebody in the audience, and they got hurt. And so they tried to sue Gallagher, but it was Gallagher too that did it. 
and that blew up this whole fucking thing that there were two Gallagher's no. because they weren't advertising that there God were two Gallagher's. Damn it. And then Gallagher 2 started getting dramatically less people at his show because it's not actually Gallagher because they had to advertise that he was Gallagher 2. And then he sued Gallagher for the money he lost for having to expose that he was not Gallagher. Wow, that's interesting. What's the uh what so what what's I'm afraid that's gonna happen like with the, my brother? The last Gallagher. Yeah, what's do you have any like uh do, do your siblings what do your siblings do? Do you only have one sibling? I have two brothers and one sister. Do they have Mexican. normal lives? They do have normal lives, thank God. Although my brother is starting to get uh and I mean this in the most polite way if he's listening. He's starting to get weirder and weirder in like the best way. We're like, he's always been obsessed with wrestling, but he's decided a couple of years ago that he's like, no, I want it to take over my whole life. And I love my obsession with wrestling taking over my whole life. And so now he's trying to be a wrestling ref. And so he's refing local wrestling matches out there. And he's like keeping in contact with the WWE refs. And so he's starting to get a little... uh a little outside the normal box, and I wish him nothing but the best in it. So how the fuck do you get into that? Like, what's the, what does he have Dude, to do? Yeah, he called me one day and asked me that. He goes, how do you get into WWE refing? And you're like, fucking, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where you sign up for the referee what? open mic. He asked, he, asked, <laughs> he asked you the, the <laughs> he asked you for the pathway, and... What is, does he have any, like, has he ever done anything like that? Like sports, uh, refing or coaching or anything? Or like, what, like you gotta have no, some background, but, right? No, but what ended up, he ended up doing, which I think has to be the right way is he got in touch with whatever Tucson wrestling promotions there are and went, Hey, I want a referee. And they went, okay, cool. We have practices. Start coming to these practices. And so he started practicing like refing their practices and then they like on saturday do things at the swap meet my brother goes out and refs their swap meet matches and stuff now so in a way he found the referee open micing which you you should have guessed it's almost guessable that it was going to happen at the swap meet you know when my brother was yeah, like how do you get the, the wwe record i should have like you should check the swap meet <laughs> Do you remember the outdoor swap meet before it was the indoor swap meet? Yeah, I only know the outdoor swap meet. I didn't go to the indoor one. Indoor one was kind of grim. That there was something weird about that, but but the outdoor swap meet had a lot of cool memories. There was a lot of characters. There was a lot of wild shit that you could see there all the time. Mm -hmm. um, God damn! My parents used to go there and sell records and stuff, and just like it, it was, it was always an adventure when I was a little kid. But I, oh man, there, it's that, a different kind of adventure now that you're an adult. Like crazy, yeah. Good lord, you could do uh um. I, I I think like there's probably there's a pretty big wrestling scene here, as far as like local like mm -hmm. like backyard and like lower tier type things. So I know a lot of people out here that 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 do that shit. And uh, one of the guys who's a ref is like a, 
like he's he's always at the funny bone judging like uh roast competitions and stand-up stuff and things like that for some reason fuck that pretty pretty popular out here during that six months when i was in tucson they had a stand-up comedy contest that i didn't enter because i knew my feelings would get too hurt to lose to these people i couldn't deal with anything less than being in the top three and i didn't think i was going to make it i didn't want to know where i ranked amongst these people and i was brand new whatever anyway one of the dudes that was uh judging it was slobby robbie which i'm sure you know slobby right yeah yeah but if you don't because you know you're a regular human being he's a guy who goes to the swap meet and buys all of the real gucci and fake gucci stuff and he sells it in his store and separates it he's not even ashamed to be like oh yeah this is where we keep our fake gucci of course it's cheaper but it's more flamboyant and then there's the real gucci but i was like just because he dresses like a garbage pail kid doesn't make him qualified to tell us if we're good or bad at stand-up was he like a celebrity judge on the stand-up show or was he just kind of like like yeah, they counted him as people. a celebrity. But at the time, it was before he had his Netflix show, Slobby Robbie's World, if you're listening. Yeah. He was just a guy. It was before he had a storefront. It was before Generation Cool. So he it was he was just a guy with a strong MySpace presence. God damn it, dude. That's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was so upset by it. I was like, no, that shouldn't be what happens. So did you not do it at all or did you? Yeah, I didn't do it at all. I didn't pay the $25 to get told that I'm not good enough for Slobby Robbie. Does the winner still do stand-up? Do you wonder? I know the winner and he hosts, he has his own show once a month and he only does that one show once a month. He's got a kid now and like pretty much a wife. Life developed around him, you know? That's that's a weird thing about hosting your own show, I think. Like, a lot of times people, uh, and it's definitely happened to me, you kind of, like, you use that as your, like, absolute, like, okay, I'm definitely going to do something once a week or once a month or whatever, mm-hmm. how, how, however many times you do it. And then you kind of, like, like fall off, like, the mic scene. I, I mm-hmm. feel like a lot of that, I feel like that's, that, that's happened a lot. Not just yeah. not just to not just to me, but I feel like that's kind of like a a known thing, at least out here. Like that's everywhere. Also, people, I all of a sudden now that quarantine's happening, I'm seeing people post statuses like, "Oh, me and the wife are good," and it's like, "Oh, I guess I haven't seen that guy in five years at open mics. I guess he fucking got married, and I guess he moved back to <laughs> wherever the fuck he's in Omaha now and you know, on lockdown." So you're like, those people just come and go from the open mics. You don't know who's gonna stay. It's unpredictable. All right, a couple more yeah, questions. I I'll found get a lot like, oh no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, all right, all right. What do you What do you got? What do you got for me? What do you think the pros and cons of doing stand up in Virginia versus Los Angeles? The pros and cons. Yeah. Uh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> oh man, I don't know. What are the cons? What do you, What do you think the cons are of doing them doing it out there? The cons of doing it out here is this city is very hard to start in. Uh, There's too many comedians. Mm -hmm. And so it's very common to go to an open mic, 
sign up and sit there for three hours and then they just run out of time and you don't get up at all. I remember once I came home on a Monday night, I went to four open mics. I was gone for 12 hours and I got up zero times and I had to buy an item to sign up every time. And so that's the con. What's that? Does does every mic, do they all do like raffle style or is it kind of? They're all a little different. Mondays was a night where it seemed like there was a lot of free ones, but they were all pretty packed at that time. The slotted mics, those $5 ones I told you about, those kind of changed it a little bit for us. Um, And it seems like until you get on TV for something minor, you're just stuck in the open mics. Like, and then you get on TV for something minor and you just blow through the rest of the circuit. Mm -hmm. You don't get those progressive steps that you see my friends in Tucson get or you guys where you're like, oh no, now I'm the guy that goes to the end of the open mic and does 20 minutes. There's not that feature here if you want to get 20 minutes in los angeles you have to book your own show and then come invite your friends to open and then rudely do your 20 minutes afterwards or like it feels rude to me to be like and now i'm gonna do the longest set because that's why i did this to try to break even and practice doing 20 30 minutes so okay here's a pro i think a pro out here is that there's a lot of like house shows and smaller venue type things going on here mm-hmm. that will happen like more regularly mm-hmm. than and they're they're all pretty good about rotating the the acts out here so even if like you're not like even if you're i've seen people are just starting out and you can fucking get a spot at these show these smaller shows mm-hmm. just by very like there's not a lot of like palm greasing i guess like it, it, it's 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 more like hey uh i'm new you know if you got a spot in the next coming months uh i've seen a lot of people get on shows that don't necessarily have like a ton of material but you know they've 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 been slowly and steadily mm-hmm. working these mics and they'll like get on like a lot of shows which i, I think is more helpful as, as far as developing uh, I think so. They don't have a good developmental system out here, but if you <clears> figure <throat> out a way to develop yourself out here, sky's the limit. Yeah, I think I think the like obviously like the the uh, the opportunity is kind of plateau um, on a, you know in smaller cities. Like, but I, mm-hmm. what, I mean, what what is your goal ultimately? But it's you know if if you want to work your ass off and have like a thirty minute thing, a uh, thirty minute chunk that you can like like i guess record or you know have enough material to to film your mm-hmm. your like a good video and like maybe use that as a stepping stone to do festivals or you know just 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 having like that i think helps like that helped me in like the like doing these so. bigger like, think- book shows and stuff when i probably shouldn't have but at least somebody gave me a well, when you guys apply for festivals, I know the Los Angeles comics, it, they almost feel like we'll take four from Los Angeles and then we'll judge the rest. It feels like we're, I feel like we're judged on a separate thing than other people because there's so many of us out here. Oh my God, this lag's killing me. Um, um, yeah, I, I, I can see that. I, 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 I think like, um 
there's probably well i guess there i guess there's now there's probably more festivals happening on the east coast than when like seven years ago or eight years ago yeah that yeah when i left tucson there was only two open mics accessible week. like you can it seems like you, you can if you have a decent five minute clip you can get in i, I mean I, I i feel like maybe uh touring or going on the road at least on the east coast is a little bit easier maybe mm-hmm. does that make any sense yeah of course it does like uh uh there's a lot of like little clubs like between here north carolina dc like a lot of richmond comics do dc all the time mm-hmm. and it's kind of like there's there's a couple of spots in baltimore too and so mm-hmm. everyone's kind of connected in that sense like you can you can yeah. get there in two hours tops and like you know you don't really have to you don't there's not like a lot of insane traveling and like you can if you want to hit spots all up and down this area yeah it's not oh that's it's true not, you guys got that we have spots that are two hours away but they're also only 15 miles away it just takes two hours to get to those 15 miles because traffic is fucking murderous um wait what was another question i wanted to ask you oh what is the most disappointed you've ever been when meeting a celebrity disappointed god damn yeah like when they say don't meet your heroes who's the hero that made that a realization for you um Man, I've met so many motherfuckers. Let me see. Yeah. Oh no. Here, while you think I, about that, ask this. What's the most starstruck you ever been? <laughs> I don't think I've ever been starstruck. Although uh one one time I, I I was on a festival when I met um uh Billy Idol mm-hmm. and he had a like a uh like a like a walk like like a walking like he, he was pretending he was like old and like walking with like a fucking mm-hmm. <laughs> like what are those things called they're just called walkers right yeah a walker like an old guy walker he was like mm-hmm. walking around and shit like i was like oh man is he like is he like fucking hurt or old is he really that old and shit like i was just like i couldn't i was just afraid to talk to him and then he was just kind of like backstage saying hi to everybody and i was like oh shit man this is fucked up like how, like he's you know I, I just i just like got really i got really sketched out and then of course he goes on stage with the fucking walking device and then just throws it into the crowd during first song <laughs> and starts like James Isaiah Munoz up on stage doing stand-up with the guitar. I was jealous. I was jealous. I know he was talking about the oddity of it, but it was like just the fact that he did it before I did. You know, like I knew I wanted to do it, but I couldn't admit to myself that I wanted to do it yet. And there was a jealousy. There was. And I'm so happy that he did that. And then I went with Jericho Davidson, who you heard a couple weeks back. And within a couple years, on the same week in different cities, Jericho and I didn't tell each other. We went up for the same time. So it's like, 
I'm happy that like my so many of my friends and I have all gotten into stand up, and uh, I want to say he was James was the first one to really make that push before us, and uh, and thank you for that, James. It like it made it seem possible, and it was pretty cool, pretty fun. If you want to follow him at, at James Isaiah Munoz on anything, that's what he is on. Instagram for sure and on Twitter. Very funny on Twitter. He makes memes on Instagram like me. I like that. I like that it was like, I don't want to say I inspired him to make those memes, but I inspired him to make those memes, you know, like, and I like that. He does good memes. And I think he gets money for the Blood albums that he sang on. If you buy those, I don't know if that's for sure true, but why not? Or if you just want to see a fun thing, watch some music videos of theirs. Watch him just be a complete fucking rock star. Guys, as always, thank you for listening. Rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. I don't know if those noises made it on the mic, but I just slapped my thigh a couple times. That's what that noise was. Yeah. Uh, Follow me at Aaron M. Marsh on everything. Like my stuff. When you like my stuff, say Aaron sent me, and I'll just like it. And I'll be like, ooh, winky face, you know, or whatever you do in this situation. I got a burp, so I'm going to go. But guys, thank you for listening, and thank you for putting up with me. Whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong. Find a place in this world or never belong. I've got to be me. I gotta be me. What else can I be but what I am? I'll go it alone. That's how it must be. I can't be right for anyone else if I'm not right for me. I've got to be free. I